Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Rock Row Bears. Support switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar over at patreon.com slash run jump stomp well excuse me princess episode 219 of switchcraft is brought to you by audible get a free book and directly support the show by checking out audible they have thousands of books from every genre you're definitely going to find something that you like uh just head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash audible once you're there you're going to be able to get a free book that you always be able to keep uh right now i am currently reading the ultimate history of video games by uh stephen l kent it's read by dan warden and it's really really good i'm right up to about the part where nintendo is starting to get into things uh up until now it's been mostly atari stuff but it's really really interesting stuff again uh to get your free book check out runjumpstomp.com slash audible I'm going to do today's uh, episode a little different than I usually do, and the reason for that is because there's not a lot of stuff to talk about for Nintendo news right now. I expect that we're probably going to be getting a Nintendo Direct sometime this month. I don't know when, um, but there's not a lot to talk about. So what I decided to do is I'm going to take the news, throw it in at the end, and I'm going to respond to a couple of questions that I got uh, from people. Uh, The first one, and and actually before I read all these questions, I want to remind everybody all of the ways that you can get a hold of me. There's a whole bunch of different ways. Um, You can email me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can call and leave a voicemail at 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. You leave a voicemail there and I'll play it on the show as long as it's short and, uh, you know, clean. Um... And you can get a hold of me on the Discord by going to runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. You can get a hold of me on Twitter uh, via at uh, runjumpstomp. You can follow me on Instagram, although I don't really use it that much. And that's uh, run underscore jump underscore stomp. Uh, don't really use that a lot, though. Uh, but those are the ways that you can get a hold of me. Uh, Chris availed him of himself of one of these ways. I got an email from him. Uh, he says, Hey, RJS first time, long time. I'm, I, I'm not sure what that means, but first time, long time. I wanted to write in about a conversation you bought up, brought up in episode 217 regarding competitive gaming, the new Splatoon league and Nintendo's historic lack of support that Nintendo UK versus sound like a sounded like a bad production. And I feel like it was. Um, and they need to improve on that. I think their E3 Splatoon team is the level they should aim for. 
Also, I think you're 100% right that Nintendo is missing out by not making pro careers viable for Nintendo games. Having said that, I think that we're all better off by Nintendo's lack of support in this area. By catering to pro consumer, uh, game developers necessarily must focus on appealing to the most toxic and obnoxious group of gamers. It's not a coincidence that Overwatch has has a pro league and it's also notorious for abuse experienced in the voice chat. It's also not a coincidence that the gender balance is way worse for Overwatch than for Splatoon. In conclusion, I hope that Nintendo continues to focus on gamers who play their games for fun rather than their livelihoods. Streamers like Ninja bring a lot of attention to games, but they already have a million other options to choose from. They also come with a huge amount of baggage that I'm more than happy to avoid. Then they follow up with sports ball, sports ball. I'm going to hang up and listen. Chris, uh, also known as Agro Krog in the Discord where they mostly lurk. Okay, so let me talk about this for a second. Um, I used to feel exactly the same way that you did. There was a, There is a game um, genre that I had completely avoided for a very long time, okay? Uh, and that is the MOBA. Uh, I had heard horrible things about the MOBA genre, uh, mostly about their extremely toxic communities and uh, really, really unpleasant experience that people had when playing that genre, especially if they were new to the game. And uh, when Blizzard, which is one of my favorite developers ever, uh, when they started uh, or when they brought out Heroes of the Storm, I decided to check it out because I like Blizzard stuff. I'm a big fan of their stuff. In fact, I've got a whole shelf that's it's just off camera over here. You can't quite see it. Maybe if I just move my camera just a little bit, uh, you can see like a bunch of Blizzard stuff right here that I, I recently was sent by an awesome uh, listener. Um, but anyway, so... I'm a big fan of Blizzard, and I was worried that I would run into that same thing playing a MOBA on a Blizzard uh, from Blizzard. So I, I installed Heroes of the Storm, and I started playing, and sure enough, there were jerks. And at first, I was kind of put off by that, and I said, you know what, I'm just not going to play. And a couple of weeks went, went by, and I was like, you know what, those jerks kind of got exactly what they wanted. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it again, except this time... If anybody is even the tiniest bit of a jerk, I will instantly mute them. Uh, so I, I like people got one chance. And in fact, people almost got half a chance with me. If they even smelled like they might be a jerk, I instantly muted them and I never worried about it again. And as soon as I kind of got into that, um, I really, really enjoyed Heroes of the Storm. And so I decided to try other MOBAs. I decided to try Smite, uh, which is a... Because uh, playing games on the PC is really painful due to injuries to my arms and, or my um, my elbow, my wrists, and my, my shoulder. Uh, playing, having my hands put in that position is uncomfortable. So I find playing with the controller a lot more uh, conducive to the way that I want to play. So I decided, well, I'll try out Smite. It's a controller-based MOBA, and uh, we'll try, try it out. And sure enough, there were jerks there. And, and I uh, was very, very um, generous with my mute button. 
but I also met some really cool people playing that game. I met some really cool people playing uh, Heroes of the Storm as well. And while I totally get what you're saying that these other these pro games um, have uh, more toxic communities, while that's true, if you are liberal with the mute button, you can still enjoy yourself quite a bit. Um, I stream this live on Twitch. Okay, I stream this this uh, podcast live on Twitch, and so when I'm recording a podcast. You know, Twitch is a notorious, notoriously toxic community as well. Uh, a lot of people go into Twitch and they're like, oh, man, the, the community is terrible. But you guys can see, where is it? You guys can see right here. There's chat and they're all cool people. And it all depends on who you let talk to you. Uh, so if somebody shows up in my chat and they're a jerk, I ban them. I don't care if they watch my stuff. I just ban them and I'm done with them. And I don't have to worry about that. And so while I understand that you kind of like the way that Nintendo does it because it keeps the riffraff out, it keeps the jerks away, it keeps the toxic people at bay, um, I don't feel like that's necessarily a good thing because it's really, really easy to just mute somebody, um, except for in Overwatch. In Overwatch, it's like three steps to mute somebody, and it's it's too much. It should be much, much faster. Um, you can mute somebody in Fortnite really, really quickly uh, using just, I think it's two button presses, bam, bam, they're muted and, and you're done. Uh, I think that that's really good. And I think giving me the option to play these games, um, how do I want to put it? I, I don't know where I was going to go right there, so sorry about that. But overall, I think that that Nintendo, and I know that you agree that Nintendo is leaving a lot on the table by not embracing esports. Um, I think that as a business decision, they're really missing the mark there. And as far as a consumer-style decision... I think even if they did embrace esports, you would still be able to find the same communities uh, like this one that you already have. So that's just how I feel about it. But thank you so much for emailing me. Uh, I also got a question uh, via Twitter from at random gamer guy or random underscore gamer guy. And there's a link to stuff on, on the show notes. Um, it says, hey there, buddy. Awesome show, by the way. Well, thank you. Uh, they said, I do have a question for you, but I'm not sure it's a show-worthy discussion. Uh, almost everything's a show-worthy discussion. Uh, so then they said, do game developers prefer you buy their games physically or digitally? Or do they not care either way? If I were a developer, I would feel more proud of my creation if there was more physical copies in the world than digital copies. This is just my opinion, though. Thanks for reading. Keep up the great shows. My exam. Um, oh, okay. Keep up the great shows. Uh, thank you, random gamer guy. Uh, again, that's uh, just at Run Jump Stomp on Twitter. If you want to get a hold of me there. So I have an example that I sent back to them, um, and I want to talk about that example. I have a podcast. My podcast is digital. You can't get my podcast in physical form. I don't put it on USB keys and mail it to people. Um, I, if somebody downloads my podcast, I am ecstatic. I'm very, very happy. 
That being said, there is physical stuff that you can get for Nintendo Switchcraft. I sell t-shirts. Uh, you can find a link in the show notes or you can just go to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you and you find a link there. I sell t-shirts with the podcast artwork on the shirt. I think I made a Fortnite shirt um, and then I made one that just says NX, which is what with the code name for the... Actually, no, I'm not wearing it today. Um, which is... Um, what the code name was for the Nintendo Switch before it came out. So I've got a couple of shirts over at this. And anytime that somebody buys one of those shirts, I am always just floored. I am almost speechless at that point because I'm like, there's this thing that I'm, that I made out in the world. Uh, and somebody likes my stuff enough that they decided that they wanted to have a physical representation of the podcast. And that is really cool to me. It's really cool. But what I want more than anything is just for people to enjoy the show. And I feel like game developers would feel the same way. I feel like a game developer would say, look, I, I, I'm just happy that somebody is playing my game. I put a lot of work into that game, and I'm just happy that somebody's playing it. Whether you decide to play it on digital or physical really doesn't matter to me as, and I'm pretending to be a game developer here for this argument, really doesn't matter to me as a game developer. However, I decided to reach out to a game developer I know, Jules Watson uh, from Atui, and here is his response to this the same question. I said, uh, I, 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 said I got an, uh, a message from somebody wondering this, what do you think about this? Here's what Jules said. And by the way, he's been on the show before. Uh, if you want to go back, a, you know, 10 or 15 episodes or something, and you can probably find my interview with him. Uh, but he says, do, do, do. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. I, too, love physical copies of my games. But from a business side, we make more money from the digital sales when self-publishing. Developers have to share the profits of a physical release with the publisher, and there are also the costs of goods that take away from the profit. As a collector myself, and this is Jules talking, not me, uh, he says, I tend to buy both digital and physical of a game. Digital to play for easy access and physical for my shelf. But I realize this is a rather extravagant uh, and not everyone can afford such luxuries. Uh, so big thank you to Jules for responding to me. Uh, and, I, and I get what he's saying. He's saying basically, look, I think it's awesome when people buy physical copies of my games, but we make more money on the digital uh, side of things. So I guess my answer to Random Gamer Guy on Twitter is that overall, a game developer is going to just be happy that you're playing their game. But if you really want to know what's better for their bottom line, then digital sales are probably better. But if they were to walk in your house and see it sitting on the shelf, they would probably be like, oh, swoon, you know? Uh, so hopefully 
that answers your question. And I think it's a really good question. Uh, and I also, uh, big thank yous to, uh, Chris for emailing me. Uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, let's move on to the news. Have you experienced the awesome power of the Panasonic Real 3DO system? I was just about to start talking about the news, which there really isn't much of. And Jay Hartley 17 in chat asked a really, really good question. Uh, they asked, uh, or they didn't ask a question or more, more that they had a statement. They said, I bought a variety kit and my daughter lost interest mid motorcycle build. Uh, and they're talking about Nintendo Labo. And like, that is exactly the thing that I am nervous about. Like my son has asked multiple times cause he really wants the robot kit. And, uh, he's asked multiple times, are we going to be getting Nintendo Labo? And I keep saying, you know, I don't, I'm not sure pal, or I don't definitively say no, but I lean on the side of no, and we still don't have it. And the reason why is because I know what's going to happen. Uh, he's going to, uh, start building it and he'll get to a spot where he it gets stuck or, um, you know, has to stop playing or something. And then he's going to start playing Fortnite or something and forget all about Nintendo Labo and he won't be playing with it. And not only will he not be playing with it, which, you know, would be annoying, but I can, I can put up with the idea of him, you know, playing a game for a little bit and then losing interest. I do the same thing sometimes, but now we have a stack of cardboard that is taking up room in the house. And I don't like that idea. I'm very much against that idea. I don't want the cardboard in my house. And having unfinished piles of cardboard all over the place, um, that seems a little irritating to me. So that's kind of why I have stayed away from Labo. And I think that even though Nintendo said that Labo has met expectations and they, did, they didn't expect it to sell like crazy at the beginning and it would be more of a, a steady trend over time, I think that that's probably another reason why Labo isn't selling as well as maybe... Nintendo really hopes, even though they said that it met expectations. I don't think it really did, um, because every time I go to the store, it's just sitting there on the shelf. I never have heard. I've never met somebody in real life who has played with Labo. Uh, the only people who I have ever spoken to have who have used Nintendo Labo are people who listen to Nintendo podcasts or make Nintendo podcasts. And those are the kind of people who are going to like, they, they're not the normal people. Like we are not the normal people. Most people are going to look at that and they'll say, I don't want all that crap in my house and, and say, no way, kid, we're not doing it. Um, that being said, I guarantee that there are going to be some kids out there who will stick with it and have an absolute blast. Um, I just think that for the most part, I don't see that happening at my house. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but who knows? Uh, Jay Hartley uh, went on to say, uh, I finished it. I fi Okay, so they were talking about the variety kit. They finished the variety kit and they, uh, oh, the bike. They finished the bike and they still have the piano top, uh, uh, the, the piano to build, but after I saw her enjoy the bike so much with Mario Kart, I'm going to get the vehicle one. So uh, Jay Hartley has, has uh, <laughs> it seems like what's happened to you is that 
you have not learned from your own mistakes and now you're just building it for her, <laughs> which I think is what would probably happen in my house too. I'd be like, well, I want this to get used. And if it's not going to get used, I'm heck, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and finish it so that the, it will get used. Um, <laughs> sounds like a good dad. Uh, anyway, uh, Thanks for giving me a discussion point here on a day when we when we've got slow news. But I'm curious as to those of you who did not pick up Labo. I'm very curious as to what your reason is. Why did you pick up Labo or why did you not pick up Labo? In fact, what I think we're going to do after I stop recording is I'm going to make a, tw a Twitter poll and I'm going to ask exactly that question. So if you follow me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. Uh, you can respond to that poll. I'll have it go until Saturday so that I can talk about it on the next episode. Frogger's Sega's arcade game, now a home video game from Parker Brothers, the ones to beat. Like I said earlier, there's not a lot of news today, so I'm going to kind of take all of the news and just kind of compress them together into one segment. Uh, first off, we've got some news about South Park, the fractured butt hole. Uh, they are uh, bringing the DLC to the Nintendo Switch. It is now available. This comes via Nintendo Life, and it is called the Bring the Crunch DLC, uh, available on the Nintendo Switch now. And um, this one features, let's see, where did it go? Uh, the Fate of Summer Camp in Jeopardy Fast Pass sends out a Kunstagram distress signal and you'll be teaming up with fast pass dr tim uh professor chaos and the newest member of coon and friends mint berry crunch to save the day i don't know what any of that means but i know that a lot of people are big fans of the south park games i have the stick of truth on steam i really didn't play it very much uh, which I don't feel bad about because it, it only cost me, I think it was two bucks or something. It was on a Steam sale or something, or maybe it was um, um, good old games or not good old games. What's the other one that always has Green Man Gaming, I think? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, I got it real cheap. And oh, Humble Bundle. That's what I was thinking of. Um, but if you are a fan of South Park, it looks like you got DLC on uh, already here and you can check it out. Uh, this was a really interesting... Uh, thread that I read. It was, I think it was posted by Kodiak Moonwolf in our, in our discord. Let me just go and look real quick and see who this was. Yes. It, no, it was Wyvern Ripsnarl posted this. Uh, it's basically Sakurai wrote a little bit about his, his thoughts on why they, a lot of people say that they went overboard with Smash Bro, Smash Brothers Ultimate E3 reveal. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you because you should click on the link in the show notes and go check it out. Uh, but there is this um, uh, th this one paragraph that stood out to me. He said, in Smash Brothers Ultimate's case, the number of game elements directly correlated to the amount of information we had to share. A lot of work went into the game. So, of course, there was a mountain of things I like to have shared. But in the end... I needed to be straightforward and trim off all the unnecessary tidbits. I'm going to stop there for a second. I don't think that he trimmed off all the unnecessary tidbits, but that's okay. Let's keep going. He says, in reality, the number of hours that went into each, that went into each individual fighter is immeasurable. So there's a level of, of attachment to all of them. 
Even so, each character's introduction was but a few seconds. To that end, I considered what might be interesting to the viewer and balance things out. All right. So I just want to talk about this for a second because I have criticized Nintendo for their E3 presentation that they they took oh how what's the word I'm looking they they, they took like 15 or 30 games or something and squished them into 10 minutes and then spent uh, like 20 minutes talking about Smash Brothers, which I thought was overkill. I I really don't think that they needed to do all that. That was way too much. And uh, they went into too much detail on that. And because of that, I felt like almost everybody looked at that presentation and said, well, Nintendo only has one game coming this year because they forgot about all that stuff at the beginning. I think that they should have expanded all that other stuff and talked less about Smash Brothers. Now, uh, in in regards to what he says here, uh, needed to be straightforward and trim off unnecessary tidbits. I think that what Nintendo could could have gotten away with is five minutes max on Smash Brothers. Uh, show off what the game looks like. Show off that cool slow motion stuff when you hit somebody. Show off the smoke coming off someone when you hit somebody, and then say and every single person is back from every previous game, and then just say, and that's why we call it Smash Brothers Ultimate. We'll talk more about this in Treehouse. I think that would have been a better approach to E3, and I think it would have allowed Nintendo to kind of show off all of those other games that they sh- that they talked about in that first 10 minutes of their presentation. I think that was a mistake, and... Uh, even though Sakurai is saying, look, we trimmed some stuff, I think that they could have trimmed a lot more. Uh, finally, we've got two, uh, one more news story, and that is Dark Souls Remastered is supposed to be coming to Nintendo Switch um, in October. In October. Uh, we don't really know this for sure. This is just a rumor. Uh, this is according to an email sent uh, via Amazon Italy, and this is on uh, game gamestime.us. Uh, let me switch over the screen. Uh, it says right here uh, in the here's the email. Uh, it's in uh, Italian, obviously, but right there it says Dark Souls Remastered Nintendo Switch uh, something, and then it says October first, two thousand eighteen. All right, so obviously that is not summer that is in fall and it's not a big deal because summer ends on uh, june 21st and because summer ends on june 21st they're only missing it by a little bit but again this is not this is not a definitive answer we don't know for sure when the game's coming out this is just a rumor that could just be placeholder information that was put there by amazon so we really don't know uh anyway Before we get out of here, there's a video that I want you guys to check out, if you don't mind. Uh, It is the Nerd Nest, which is what we call this room. It's what we call our Discord. It's the Nerd Nest. And uh, this is the Nerd Nest Mario Tennis Aces Tournament. Took a while, but it's done. Uh, The ultimate winner was Mikey B. Playing, or as everyone started uh, calling him, in uh in the discord mikey be slaying because he was just kicking everybody's tail that he played against and uh yeah, he was the ultimate winner and i took footage from everybody's matches that that, that were able to send me uh footage and i uh, uh edited it all together and threw it into like a quick five minute video so if you follow the link in the show notes it'll take you to my youtube page 
which is youtube.com slash run jump stomp. Uh, you can find that right over there and watch the video. It, and it was really fun uh, to see all of these uh, very, very cool uh, matchups within the community. I think, it, I think people had a lot of fun with it and we're going to have another tournament soon. Uh, I'm not sure what game it's going to be. I'm trying to narrow it down right now. I've been thinking about it all morning, uh, but stay, stay tuned. And, uh, we will talk about that soon. That being said, it is time to wrap up the show. So before we go anywhere, I need to bring up uh, the the music for today's episode. You heard music at the very beginning, and you're going to hear, hear music here at the end. Uh, the music for today's episode is, um, let's see, where was it? It was Thunder Launcher featuring T. Lopez uh, by Tony Lays off the Thiel album. And you can find a link to um, to Tony's music over at runjumpstomp.com slash music. Uh, now that I got that out of the way, uh, last thing, uh, if you want to watch the full show, you can either come and watch live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, or you can watch the videos after the fact on my YouTube page, which I already mentioned before. Uh, finally, if you are looking to support my content, you can do so by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. Big thanks go out to everyone who's already done so. You guys are awesome. And finally, speaking of awesome people, uh, we've got people in chat to thank. All of the people that hang out with me for the live show. Uh, we've got Vaxer, Cronag, uh, 8, Decaf Smurf, Coin, Jay Hartley, 17, Kirby Geek, uh, Ian Fusion, Man Bear, Stape 20, Morgan 13, Fisto Pudding, Slow Cool, The Bun Buns, VNK, Virgo Pros, and The Lurkers. You guys are fantastic. Thank you for hanging out with me. I will see you all on Saturday's episode, and I may be able to stream tomorrow. I'm not sure. Everyone have a good day, and stay awesome. Bye-bye. <laughs>